Today's episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast is sponsored by Ag Explorer International. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now, here's your host, Jason Meadows. We all know that it's vital to have crop nutrients in the right source, at the right rate, at the right time, and in the right place to improve ROI and yield. The team at Ag Explore also understands it's vital to have the right technology. They call it fifth R of nutrient stewardship. AgX technologies and products are designed to enhance your yields, therefore maximizing your investment. If you want to know more, reach out by visiting agexplore.com. That's A-G-X-P-L-O-R-E.com. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I am your host, Jason Meadows. Today, we go to the great state of Indiana again. It feels like we've been in Indiana a lot lately, and now I know why, because there are so many great people within agriculture who are doing wonderful work in this space. Today's episode is no different. We are talking to Jaden Mays. Jaden is a high school senior. She is came to me by our mutual friend, Michelle Payne. Michelle's daughter and Jaden are friends. Michelle and Jaden have been working together on FFA projects quite a bit. And uh, let me tell you, Jaden is just a wonderful young lady. I am very excited for her future in not just in ag, but her future in general. Just She's just going to bring such a wonderful perspective to this world that is very needed. And she's doing some wonderful work on mental health and agriculture, as you'll hear. Uh, I'm just blown away by the things she's done. And she is just only in high school. And it's it's a very, very refreshing conversation. So before we get started, I'd like to encourage every one of you who has not yet go sign up for our email list. Uh, This April is going to, we had last week, or I'm sorry, last month we had a giveaway of some hats. Those hats were drawn and they will be going out this week. Uh, Stay tuned for our April giveaway. It's going to be something similar with as far as ag state of mind uh swag so go sign up at the link in the show notes so all right here we go with the conversation with Jaden mays all right Jaden mays welcome to the ag state of mind podcast how are you this evening good thank you for having me thanks for being here and i absolutely love talking to high school FFA students. There is something about them that is really special to me. And I almost sometimes feel like I live vicariously through FFA students because I did not have an FFA chapter when I was in high school, which is still every time I say I've said that a couple of times on the podcast and it's still 
kind of unbelievable to me that we didn't, but uh, now our, the school I went to, my kids go to that school and they now have an FFA program. So it's all good. But to go back to what I was saying, I am always so impressed with FFA students and how just advanced they are and how all the great things you're doing. And you are no exception to that. In fact, you exemplify that from what I have read and chatted with you over email. I just, you've done some really great work and I'm really excited for folks to hear about the things that you're doing. Yeah, I actually started my journey through Michelle Payne. She's a professional certified speaker and I, I started on the topic. I started seeing signs of mental health uh, within my own family. We have a small farm we have about a thousand acres, grow crops, so corn and soybeans in Indiana. So I help my dad during harvest and planting seasons. And I started seeing signs of stress in my dad. And um, it had been going on for a long time. We had some other family issues that played a role in a stressful atmosphere. But a lot of it was due to the farm and the stress that my dad was bringing home. So I started taking opportunities through FFA and 4-H. I wrote speeches on the topic. I researched, spent years researching statistics on mental health in rural communities. I started with presentations through the Verbal Communications Project and 4-H. That was in 2019. So that was before COVID-19 hit. And I ended up going to a workshop, a mental health workshop. I drug my dad to it. I made him go with me. And it was called Communicating with Farmers Under Stress, which was hosted by Purdue University's Farm Stress Team. And I learned the signs of suicide, how to basically see if somebody is struggling with mental health issues. And then I earned my suicide prevention certificate. It was called QPR. Uh, which stands for question, persuade, refer. Uh, so I earned that certificate and then COVID-19 hit. And I, I learned a lot throughout the pandemic, um, especially seeing now we're seeing all, all of these issues, inflation, uh, you know, our input prices are, are skyrocketing. We've got, you know, uncertainty with Russia and Ukraine. There's just a lot of things going on that are affecting agriculture which in turn affects the mindsets of agriculturalists. And sometimes, you know, a, a lot of farmers, and I've said this multiple times within my speeches, that farming is such a unique occupation because farmers tie their identities to their work and, and who they are is what they do. And it's hard to separate that. And that's why it's so hard for farmers, especially when we're dealing with all of these unpredictable factors in our occupation it becomes really stressful and that takes a toll on mental health. So I started creating the presentations. A lot of it was based on my dad, what I was seeing happening with our family farm. And I, I wanted to do something about it. So the pandemic hit um, and a little sub story, my FFA chapter, we raised nearly $35,000 and we bought local meat and dairy products and donated those back to eight food pantries in our county. So that was a really good experience. And within that, I, I saw the mental health decline, especially in agricultural communities. So after we were done with the fundraiser, 
uh, that lasted about a year. I focused back on mental health issues within the rural community. I wrote my FFA speech, Stop the Stigma. A day before I presented at the district contest, we had a junior high student take his own life. It was literally a day before I presented and I'd spent years researching the topic and I knew that that it was not a coincidence with my faith and my beliefs. I believe that that was for a purpose. And so after I competed, I competed at the district level. I moved on to state. I ended up placing fourth at the Indiana FFA state convention. And I got together a few friends and we decided that we wanted to do something about it. So we ended up starting the first mental health club at our school and for a small school in a rural community, it's hard to get resources like that within your school, um, especially for youth. And as I'm working on my next speech for FFA, one of the statistics that I found that I just think is completely shocking is that only 3% of rural communities within the United States offer suicide prevention services specifically for youth. So this isn't a problem just in agriculture. It's also a really big problem within the youth in agriculture. And I, being myself, a young adult involved in agriculture, I see that every day, going to a school that, you know, we're in between a cattle pasture and a cornfield. I see that every single day. And, and that's exactly what happened with the student that took his own life. You know, you never want to say that you can prevent something like that, but I think there are prevention methods out there to help students feel more welcome within the school. And so I got the I got the girls together. We started the club. We have monthly meetings every month and we focus on a certain mental health issue. So we've talked about anxiety, stress, depression. We have activities we've done. We did small groups our last meeting and that went pretty well where kids were able to sit down and we were able to have more private one-on-one conversations and our goal is not to replace the job of you know somebody that went to school for mental health we're not replacing a counselor we're not replacing a therapist or a social worker we're just simply wanting to spread the word about mental health in rural communities especially within students and we want students to feel more welcome if they can see older students talking about their issues and saying hey i've been through this you know maybe it just creates a more welcoming atmosphere for them. So once we get the word out within the club, we promote the adult, we promote the other resources within our school. If they need that extra help, that's where we point them to. So that is the general rundown. There's a lot more that ties into my story, but that's that's the basics. Well, I mean, if you could just take one or two of the things that you have done over the last couple of years, three years, whatever it's been, four years, it would be remarkable. But you have compiled, and how old are you? I just turned 18. Um, you just turned 18. Ago. So to compile the resume that you have already compiled at the age of 18 is, I mean, it's astounding. I can't even tell you how impressive all these things that you were doing are. And for me, one of the, one of my great hopes with the advancement of, of taking mental health seriously within the agriculture community is the fact that 
or is the hope that the younger generation, your generation, the ones that will be the future leaders, make it up front and personal. And you are doing that. You are, I mean, just, I, I couldn't keep up writing with all the things that you've done. And it's just really incredible. And I, I think it's, I think it's just amazing what you have done. And I think probably the first question I have for you is how is it received by your peers, by, you know, the, your, your fellow FFA students and not necessarily even FFA students, just students in general, youth in general. Well, being a, a senior, it is really hard to get other seniors to care as much as some of us do. Um, I do see a divide in people that think it is a real issue and people that will blow it off because they, they don't think it's cool or, you know, it's just not the thing for them to do. And it, it's usually the more immature people that they, they don't think it's a serious issue. They think you should just shove everything under the rug and not deal with anything, not talk about anything. But I don't, I don't let that get me down. And I certainly know that the other girls don't let that get them down too because we keep striving to move on with the club. We, at our first club meeting, it would have been in November, November or December, we had 73 students show up. The first oh, wow. meeting. And for a rural school, that is a lot. How many, how many people are in your high school? In my high school, I think there's about 800 is probably okay. the head count. We're 7th okay. to 12th. We've got about 100, 120 kids in each grade. Okay. Okay. So that's almost three quarters of a whole entire grade coming. Sure. Yeah. Coming to that's the great. Club. So it is a real, we didn't expect that turnout. It, it yeah, was a for sure. really, really good turnout and it it has dwindled some but that still goes to show that the amount of impact for meeting young students young adults peers adults anybody they're wanting to talk about this and they're wanting to get the message of reducing decreasing the stigma of mental health out there they want to talk about it we had covid and for students especially high school and elementary and i've talked to teachers about this as well we had about a, a two-year period where we were learning online and mm -hmm. a lot of those younger kids lost a lot of social skills in that period we have freshmen in my high school they're acting like seventh graders and so right. yeah 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 it, it, it just we lost a lot of, of growth and social skills within that period so we have kids coming in they don't know how to deal with their issues because they were isolated. They were shut off for so long. And so when you have a glimmer of light, when you have a glimmer of hope, you know, the, these girls, they came in and not, not that I'm putting us on a pedestal, but just from the eyes of a younger kid, if I saw four seniors in my school, step up, start a club, start talking about these issues, I would go because I would want to talk about those issues. And we had kids, we had those personal conversations in the small groups. Some people were hesitant to talk, but the kids that did talk, everybody was really listening to what they had to say because they were sharing their stories. And so it was really cool to hear younger kids step up and talk about it. And I certainly hope that we're, we're right now, we're in the phase of getting new leaders for next year because we're all graduating. I certainly think it's gonna be something that carries on 
just from the reaction that the turnout we had at the first meeting, you might have that select few that don't think it's a cool topic to talk about, but you have all of these other kids that want to talk about it. And if uh, we've all said this, if we can prevent one, if we can change mm, yep. one life, then it's worth it. No, I mean, a hundred percent. And I've had that same motivation going forward for myself and the work I do. If you know, put everything else aside, you know, stati statistics, you know, success rate, whatever that is. I mean, if you can help one person, if you can change a perspective for one person, then your job is done because it's worth that. It's, I mean, to me, and I think you feel the same way, it's worth that to change the world for one person. And, you know, that's a pretty powerful motivation to keep you going forward. And, you know, then the next person, then the next person, and, you know, just keep having those conversations. So it continues to be a resource for people. And, and I know I, I going back to my, when I was in high school, it's been over 20 years ago. This was absolutely nothing we would have even been on our radar. But I do know that there were times where I did struggle mentally and emotionally. I mean, gosh, huge. I mean, just thinking about some of the things I had to go through. But if I would have known that there would have been support there for me, it would have made tr trials a lot easier or a lot. Um, I shouldn't say easier, but just knowing, knowing that the burden was lightened a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing within the club. And I, I certainly hope that those kids know that there's a support system for them. And and like I said, we can't replace a counselor. We can't replace a therapist. Right. But if they just know that there's somebody else that experienced the same thing. I, I have a brother who's in seventh grade and it's a seventh or 12th school. So I go to school with him and I, I don't see him every day. But within school I don't I don't see him every day but I, I've talked to him before and I ask him you know if you were struggling with something would you go to a, a club like this like who do you want to talk to and he said that he wants to talk to somebody that's been through the same thing before mm -hmm. and I think even if, even if you go to the club I don't care if you just sit there I don't I don't care if you don't talk at all I, I don't care you know, I don't care what your participation is within the club, but if, if you go and you're listening to people that have been through the same things, I think that that's going to help you. And, and it would help me. And, you know, like my brother said, I, it would help him just listening to people that have been through the same things, knowing that you are not the only person because mental health issues, whether it's anxiety, depression, what whatever it is, that goes hand in hand with loneliness. You think you're the only one going through it and you're not. We Most people are going through the same things. I, we would be surprised the statistics, especially after COVID of how many people are going through it. So that that's our only goal is to make sure these kids know that they are not alone. And farmers, yeah. agriculturalists, you are not alone. When you're alone in that tractor, when you're alone in the field and you think you're the only one thinking that way, you are not. Yeah. And, you know, there is significant data backing that up when something I share in a lot of my talks and presentations is a meta-analysis out of BYU that said that social isolation is as harmful as obesity, smoking, 
half a pack of cigarettes a day and having an alcohol use disorder. It's as harmful as all those three things to your overall health. So um, I think that really kind of puts it into perspective how important it is that we know that we're not alone and having groups no matter how big or small they are i mean shoot it doesn't even have to be groups it can be one person to share your struggles with uh to i like to call it to yoke to it makes that burden just easier so much easier so if you yoke yourself to one person if you hook yourself to one person your burden is cut in half it's it's your your load is lightened by by half you know you're only going to carry a half of that now and you know and if you add more and more it's just going to make that and burden easier each time and it's it's very very important to to getting through these kind of crises these hard times that i mean gosh they keep to seem to keep piling up in this day and age so important that we know that we're all together in this that we have people that we can rely on depend on to just to share with yeah um, that, that that's so true for the kids for the farmers for the adults for anybody you know when we were all stuck inside during covid we all thought we were the only one thinking that way and the whole world was everybody yeah. was yeah yeah i mean they were and you know, I I hope that we can kind of get back to understand, you know, seeing one another as human and seeing one another as uh, our brothers and sisters, because it's important right now. I mean, it's so important to find some cohesion when things are such a mess. I just I I hope that we can all kind of see the power in in numbers on this. Mm hmm. So uh, tell me about what your plans are for after high school. Oh, after high school, I have a big list, but I mm -hmm. will be running for Indiana FFA state office this June. So if I make that, I will take a gap year and I will travel the state of Indiana. There's only about five states in the country where the state officers take the year off from college. Uh, and Indiana is one of those, I believe. California is, is as well. Uh, I'll travel the state, I'll travel the country, I'll go to different FFA events, talk with different FFA members. Uh, we have the Indiana FFA leadership campgrounds down in Trafalgar, Indiana. So I will live there in a house with all the other state officers. If I don't make it, I just go right on to college, which I'll, I'll be happy with either one. It's still a good change mm -hmm. after high school. Although I think state office would be really, really good for me. Um, and I could do I could do a lot with the platform, especially with the mental health stuff that I've already been doing. Sure, sure. I'm attending. I've I've got accepted into Purdue University, so awesome. I'm majoring in agricultural economics with a law focus. So most of my cool. Yeah, I'm basically trying to take the best pre-law route through Purdue that I can. I'm also majoring in communications under liberal arts and double minoring in political science and Spanish. So once I get my bachelor's degree, I'll go to law school. And after that, my goal, my long-term goal is agricultural law. I could see myself ending up in a political office of some sort, but we'll see. Awesome. We'll see what happens. 
Awesome. You know, it's so amazing, you know, just hearing you talk, I can, so I know that you've been on the Abby Heidenreich's podcast, correct? It was the tools for today's farmers. Tools to, for today's farmers. Yes. Yep. Abby was on the, Abby was on the podcast just a couple of weeks ago Okay, and uh, she's really great. My wife met her at F, at FFA national convention when she was there with my, with our oldest son and you know, they saw, she saw their farm stress booth and, you know, linked up with me on for the podcast. Um, but then you're actually going, if you go into uh, Ag Econ, uh, one of my friends from high school, believe it or not, is a professor at Purdue for Ag Econ. Uh, so just, it's just really incredible how small this world yeah. can become. His name's Todd Keithy. So it's just, uh, Really, it's just really funny how things work in this small little world we have. Yeah, I'll have to, if I have him, I will tell him that I was on your podcast. Maybe I'll get a few bonus points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, cool. Well, Jaden, I, I have, this was awesome talking to you tonight. And let's keep the lines of communication open. You're welcome on this podcast anytime to kind of, Keep us up to date with what you're doing with, uh, with whether it be state FFA stuff or even going into college, doing your work there. I'm very excited to hear what's going on for you. And I'm very thankful that you were on the podcast. If people want to reach out to you, what is the best way for people to find you? I, you know, I need to start getting business cards because <laughs> I, and I, I don't have social media too. So Michelle oh, really? bugging me about you need an Instagram, you need an Instagram. I'm not big on the social media. So the best way honestly is email and I'm fine okay. giving my email out. If okay. anybody wants to contact me, that's what I use. That's my social media okay. is email. Okay. But it's Jaden Mays at gmail.com. So it's J A D E N M A Z E and then one, the number one at gmail.com so that, okay that's we'll it link that in the show notes yeah. so people have i'm just curious how come you are not big on social media i just never got into it i i did i did have a snapchat for a little bit but i'm just not honestly it is for my mental health which sure. i'm not against yeah. social media at all and I, mm -hmm. I need to get into it. If I make state office, I'm going to have to get um, an Instagram and things like that. But I, I just never got into it. I didn't want to, you know, get on there and waste time. Sure. Just yeah. a good tool. Really, really good it, tool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it reminds me of one of my old, and I say this often, again, people from the podcast or people who listen to the podcast often, you know, I don't mean to sound redundant, but it's, it's a very uh, kind of important way to look at it is when I was in pharmacy school and talking about uh, meds and there was this quote that my organic chemistry professor would say, and it said, the only difference between the medicine and the poison is the dose. And I, that's the way I feel about social media is it can be, it's a very helpful tool. Uh, it's made, it's made my podcast be very successful and it's made me allowed me to have connections with people from all over the country and the world but it can be dangerous it can be something that you get yourself wrapped up in and uh, I, I applaud you for honestly for making it all the way through high school without having it because it is it can be a time suck I mean I, I fall victim to it often 
And so, but I, I look forward to when you do have social media and, and catching up with you on there. So uh, you'll have to let me know whenever you get that up and running. I'll uh, be sure to give you a follow. Yeah, definitely. It's probably going to be something I get after, past high school. Right now, sure. I need to get through high school and then sure, we'll, sure, we'll do sure. the social media. I just didn't think it would be helpful for me during my high school years, but definitely a tool that I'm, I'm probably going to use uh, within my career within FFA. Cool. Well, good. Well, Jaden, I appreciate your time tonight. Uh, appreciate you. Appreciate all the work that you've done. Uh, keep it up because it's, it's needed. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I, I hope, you know, I, I, I do these things. I take every opportunity I can get just hoping that somebody else will hear uh, what I've done and do the same thing. It, you know, yeah. I, I didn't do anything special. I, I just started up a club. Anybody can do the same thing. You can talk in your community as well. You're right. And, you know, and people, I think people get, get worried that, oh, we're going to do the same thing over and over and over again. And, I push back against that because I feel like, yeah, maybe they've heard it before, but they haven't heard it from you and who knows who you are going to affect and who's going to relate to you. And I think that's a big part of this conversation, the mental health conversation, especially within agriculture is relatability. People can, re people relate to different people differently. So it's, if maybe there's somebody who, has heard me and I didn't resonate with them, but they hear you and they resonate with you. And that's where it's important is to make yourself relatable to others. Yeah. And I, I think the podcast, the podcast you have does a great job at that. You have so many different people on it. You know, you're reaching the multitude of, you know, graphics and, you know, people that are going to listen. So a really, really good opportunity. And thank you for having me. I'm, I'm glad that I was able to share my story that it can help one person. If one person relates to me, I'm yep. totally happy with that. Yep. hundred percent. Well, Jaden, have a great evening and thanks again. Thank you. So what makes Ag Explore different? Well, they're innovators bringing together talent, global resources, and experience to face critical farming needs head on. AgX is an industry leader developing field proven cutting edge technologies that have revolutionized farming. They learn continuously because they know current knowledge is never good enough. Forging ahead always with technology-driven products to enhance yields and maximize investments. Ag Explorer is the farmer's champion. Want to know more? Reach out by visiting agexplore.com. That's A-G-X-P-L-O-R-E.com. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.